Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cud Talk Podcast. This week on the podcast, we are going to discuss uh, Ephesians 2 verses 11 through 22. We are going to dive into the disunity uh, that was happening there at the church of Ephesus, and we're going to see uh, and examine our own lives and ask, hey, is there any disunity here? Listen, if you are listening or watching this podcast right now, uh, and you have kind of a broken relationship with a believer or some disunity uh, with another believer, I want you to listen for the next 30 minutes because we have some good stuff for you. Let's go ahead and get it started. Chris, what's going on, brother? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you, man. Good to be back. Listen, we were in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. We finished up the chapter this week. Uh, it was a really good sermon. Thank you. Um, and I actually thought uh, during the sermon, but also after, that you probably could have preached two hours on the text. Um, <laughs> when studying and looking for, for topics for us to discuss today, um, there was a lot of meat um, in that. Uh, a lot of, uh, and when we talked about this, we're doing a class on Sunday nights called a uh, grasping God's word, and we talked about not over-spiritualizing a text, and sometimes yes. we can do that if we go just kind of try to read things that aren't in there, but there is so much packed almost in every verse of of Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, um, and so I say that to say, if you're tuning in with us, hang out for a little bit. It's going to be some good stuff, um, so a lot of stuff that you probably didn't get to that I know you didn't get to. Uh, on Sunday morning. Also, if you're tuning in on Facebook and you're watching us on Facebook, we have a new look. Yeah, uh, we're in a new space. I um, like it. And so, if you're if you're listening on podcast and you'd rather watch a video, uh, just go to our Facebook at Cud uh, uh, Memorial uh, Baptist there on Facebook, and you can find us. So yes. let's jump right in. Um, you were in Ephesians two. Um, do you title your messages? Not really. Okay. Um, I think when we're when we're going through. A book, yeah. per se. I mean, you could title them, but I just try to avoid that sometimes to to not be overly creating something that might not be there. Gotcha. I mean, it's good to get people's attention, but, you know, when you're talking about and going through a – because all of these are building on one another. Yeah. You know, I give it to to Chris and planning and say, hey, this is the theme of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But So, okay, but so real. I say that to say kind of what was the yeah. theme on Sunday? Would so, you say the so overall meaning of the passage was? Unity in Christ, unifying um, Gentiles and Jews, the coming together. Yeah. Um, so unity and so uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So when I give that to Chris or, or what is his planning worship, it's, hey, today we're talking about – the big themes are unity and reconciliation. Yeah. So, <clears throat> gotcha. So, yeah. so, so kind of, and I think you even mentioned this Sunday during your sermon. The the overarching theme, I think, is kind of. I think you mentioned this: uh, God reconciling us to Himself, but also to one another. To one another. Yeah. yeah. And so, those are both yeah. present in this text. And so, um, if you haven't listened to Sunday's sermon, uh, I invite you. If you're watching on YouTube, I forgot we're on Facebook and YouTube. And YouTube, yes. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, click over. Uh, press pause here. Click over. Watch Sunday's sermon. Same if you're on. Facebook, uh, go click over and watch that because there is a lot of stuff there, and we're going to kind of all of our points are going to be derived from the message. And so uh, we see here um, Paul uses very strong language in uh, Ephesians 2, verse uh, 11. He says, So then remember 
that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised, which that in and of itself would have been a very offensive term very. Um, by saying, hey, you're uncircumcised. You're, you're, you are that group of people um, by those called circumcised, <clears throat> which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from citizenship of, of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. Very strong language here from yes. Paul. But we also, so we can tell that um, there there is a division here. When he says, you were Gentiles, um, he, he is calling the Jews. He's saying, hey, look, you were like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, as, as hopefully Bible readers, but also as pastors, we know the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. It was a broken relationship. There was a wedge between them two. Um, I can't, I really can't even think of a, modern day analogy to the yeah. to these two groups of people and their hatred for one another. Um I think the probably the closest would be the um the kind of radical um Islamic uh group and how they feel toward the Western world, specifically sure. us Americans. But I don't even think that's probably a good enough analogy for how they just disliked each other, and yeah. there was disunity amongst them. And so, I want to ask you: the main source, kind of, of their division was the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to remember here that when Paul's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, um, they they aren't really we 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 are lucky in the sense that we have. Um, kind of so much time in between us and Jesus. Right. And so we have more time to understand it. Uh, the Spirit has been working um, in us a little bit longer. And so so we're, we're a little bit uh, more fortunate than they are. It's fresh for them. This hey, is a yeah, brand new, is... fresh lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so, so anyway, so the division kind of there is the Old Testament law. The Jews... Still, uh, they were very prideful in that, and and we are we are Jews, and kind yes. of kind of puffing their chest out. You are not, you are not chosen. Uh, we are, and so when mm. Jesus comes, and then when Paul's writing this letter, and he says, "Hey, now you're one," that can be very difficult for them. Um, mm. But the main source of that division is the law, right? Um, and so, I just want uh. Uh, you to maybe answer the question, how do we sometimes, because anytime we read God's Word, we want to say, hey, how can we make this applicable? How sure. can we take this in our term, in our town, and then apply it to our lives? Right. Um, and so how can we, how do we sometimes, a uh, b- believer, church member, um, allow the law to drive wedges between other believers and other church members, or even kind of non-believers? We allow that law to make us be prideful. Just talk about sure. that a little bit. Well, and I, and I think that you hit it on the head when you talk about that this becomes an issue of pride. And I know of every single time the, the other episodes, that's a theme. We've said pride a lot. And and how that prideful attitude puffs ourself up. We create an us versus them type of mentality a lot of times. Um, simply by placing restriction on people that we say, well, you know, we this is who we are. This is how we live. We are the church. We are the saved, the sanctified. And and we we place restriction on other folks that say, you know, hey, this is, you know, it's, it's good enough for us, but you're not good enough in this, or you don't measure up. You don't meet this criteria. You don't meet this standard. It becomes, again, some of the language we talked about, very exclusive in a very bad way. 
because we set standards over folks and, and qualifications. What, what and becomes exclusive? Um, I think what becomes exclusive is if you don't meet a certain standard, look, style, way, you can't person. come to Christ. That you, yeah, I okay. mean, that's yeah, what yeah. I was meaning. Yes, that's what yeah, I was meaning. yeah, yeah. So okay. that that you're you're not you you can't come to Christ okay. in this way. Um, and I think it's a lot of uh, just the way we structure ourselves because we like to be confident. We like to be right. We like to be the ones who don't have to deal with any of the the fallout of our sin, and we like to feel comfortable where we are in that. And so, uh, I think that that we 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 tend to lay some very unfair expectations over people in coming to Christ mm-hmm. that quite honestly, we had to overcome very, the very same thing. It's the mm-hmm. sinfulness of who we are. And so I think that sometimes our restriction in that limits the ability to, to share the message that everybody. So you're saying that we sometimes treat coming to Christ or being a Christian as mm-hmm. exclusive. Sure. And so that hinders our willingness, not ability, but right. willingness to share the gospel. I do. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I think that probably is, and and most of us will say, no, no, no. But even think about how you share the gospel with people that are different than you Mm. and think about people you share the gospel with that are, um, uh, I don't even want to say more lost, Uh, outwardly look as if their sin is different from your sin. You almost, you treat them differently than just a person. You treat them as a project or or you can be exclusive just in the way you even share the gospel with them. But most of us don't share the gospel uh, with those who are, different than us or maybe we don't even share the gospel period and that in and of itself makes you're making the gospel exclusive sure. by saying i'm not gonna share um yeah. and, and I, we're <clears throat> deeming we're, we're we're getting into this 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 pattern at times of of deeming who is and is not worthy mm-hmm. of that message mm-hmm. and the truth of the matter is this is uncomfortable i think we don't we don't want to feel that way but our actions speak a different different mm-hmm. language to that. So. I, I think a lot of times, too, we who we associate with mm-hmm. uh, is based solely kind of like the Jewish perspective of we only associate with those who follow the law. Right. Um, and sometimes we choose to only associate, and we'll get into the, this sure. in a minute, but let's just take, for example, we only choose to associate with believers, and we mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, if they're not believers, I can't associate with them. I think this comes up a lot um, in politics, and we say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this certain store – I won't go get coffee at this certain right. place. I'm not saying me personally. I'm saying as if I'm uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking uh, as if I'm someone else. But you may say, if you're a listener, you may say, hey, I'm not going to get coffee at this one certain shop because I know the ownership has certain beliefs that aren't biblical. Um, and in my mind, that's a very exclusive thing to say. You, you At that point, you tag non-believers with uh with with a uh a, a don't go there or, or a warning tag and you say hey you're a non-believer acting as a non-believer so I'm not going to go to your store. Right. And how silly is that? <laughs> you well, say yeah. you say hey I expect you non-believer to act as a believer and since you're not me the believer in Christ isn't going to come to your place of business. Right. And if we say it like that that sounds really silly. And it is, but the Jews kind of had that mentality. Right. Um right. and and then to know um, Jesus came, uh, and I don't even think they're at fault because, uh, you know, for a while, they, they Israel was God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesus came and tore that veil, and he said, you know, you Gentiles, you can come to Christ. And, they, and, um, and so it was a way they had to rethink. Um, now, God was the same 
um, right. in Old Testament law as he is now in our same in the different covenant that we have now. But I think it was it was hard for them. So I don't want to just sit there and bash them. Well, and, sure. And, but but I also want to say. It, it is going to be hard for you, the believer, to say, hey, I need to start treating people differently. Uh, just because I'm a believer, a believer doesn't mean I need to be exclusive, doesn't mean I don't need mm-hmm. to look down um, on non-believers. Right. Well, I think you think about when we talked about the law being that which separated them. I mean, again, because we are, we like to pick on the Pharisees, we like to pick on these people a lot, but imagine the transition that the crisis that they're facing now in their foundation of belief, everything they've ever been taught that makes them who they are has now changed because of Christ in that, in, in law and, and how they related to God. And, and all of that, not that God changed or anything, but, but now all of a sudden there's this new element of the Gentile there and, and how Christ will unify them. And, and everything that they have based their entire life on almost seems to lose its value because mm-hmm. now... So what you're telling me, Paul, is that all of this is doesn't matter anymore. But really, but it's not, but really it's just, it affirmed their belief. It did. And, it did. And Paul saw that, and and that has to happen in a lot of us where yes. we think change is yeah. coming. It's really affirmation. It's affirmation. It's saying, "Hey, you believe this?" Like when Jesus was teaching on yes. the Sermon on the Mount, he said, "Hey, listen, you know all this to be true. You mm-hmm. know, don't don't or love your neighbor. You know that to be right. true. Or um, don't." Uh, don't be in adulterous relationships. You know mm-hmm. that to be true, but or don't ha- uh, once again don't hate your, or do hate your enemy, but don't kill. But don't kill. And Jesus says, "Hey, look, I'm going to affirm all these things. I'm not going to change. Th- right. I'm not going to change them. I'm going to affirm them." It says, "Don't commit murder," but I say, "Hey, listen. The reason that rule is in place so that your heart doesn't hate anyone, yes. right?" And so I, I the, the law says. Don't commit adultery, but the reason that's there is so you don't have lustful thoughts in your heart right. or in your mind, and and so Jesus and Jesus comes to affirm all this. Right when he said it, didn't he? Well, and I didn't come to abolish it. Yeah, he came to fulfill it. So I mean, yeah, it's and there. so and so that can happen with us today that we say, hey, you know, I need to not really change the my theology. Right. I need to affirm it by the way I act, way and I my agree. actions need to change. And now maybe for you, your theology needs to change a little bit, and it's unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, we our actions don't follow what correct theology we right. have. Um, and so I think you know that that is big that we don't treat non-believers differently. Um, and and that didn't even go into believers and how we treat them. We treat, yeah, one another. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but that right. does kind of lead me into my next thing here in verse um, thirteen. Um, this is what Paul says, and I'm sorry, I'm about to pick up my Bible. My microphone's in the way. Um, it says this in verse 13. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And what it doesn't say there is, hey, you Jews who who, who are near to Christ, you've been brought nearer. Or <laughs> right. you Gentiles who were so far away, thank, thank the Lord for Jesus, now you can be saved. It just says you who were yeah. far away yes. um, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so here we see the division was the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. The Jews were probably very prideful in that. I say probably. They were very prideful in that, and the Gentiles did not have a connection mm-hmm. to that. And so all of a sudden he says, this is what tore you apart, the Old Testament law. Now in verse 13 we see what brings you together, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ, and that unifies them. And so let me ask you this. Sure. How should that still unify the church today? It is the only thing that unifies yeah. the church today. Yeah. And, again, 
the language that Paul uses here, it is so relational to to those who are Jews when he talks about the blood of Christ because they know the sacrificial system. Well, let me reword that question. Yeah. I think you were going to answer this question, but I don't want to seem silly by okay. saying, hey, how should that unify us? Sure, right. How, why should that be of utmost importance to unify us? Let me, let me word it that right. way. Uh, so, yeah, why that may the, have been a silly question. No, no. no how no, should I, that unify us? Yeah, yeah that's y- the only thing. That's but the only ahead, thing sorry. that unifies sorry. us, no. Uh, and it should unify us because... And I'm guessing that's that's where your question's yeah. at is, is is you know why should this unify us? Um, you know, as we look at this, when we read through this, we we focus so much on everything that's dividing, you know, and we talk about the differences, and you have to talk about those things. But the only way in which we really address all of the differences is through the one thing that is similar and same, which is through Christ, and, and so. As as you know, as as we're unified under the blood, the sacrifice uh, of Christ, who brings these two groups of people together, that is the unifying. It's not necessarily that every single belief is the same in these people. It's 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 Christ and the blood of Christ, the sacrifice that Christ is for everyone, and and so it it brings us to a place of unity, um, and it has to be what unifies us because. If there is nothing else that will bring these two pe- groups of people together, or any of us together, other than the person of Christ, and so it again, just again, saying that it, it, it is the only thing, but it is also the most important because it is the lens with which we look and and value every relationship, every interaction in that. So, so it it, it has to be what we work through it is the medium that, that we go through in all of our relationships with one another and how we're going to understand both sides of this equation, bringing and being brought in uh, and what God is doing in this. So it's, you know, it is, it's the one thing that, that covers all things in, in, in all, all of the differences and all the, the similar, even the similarities, which there really weren't a lot of at that point in time. But it is, it is, uh, in, in today, as we look at the world, as we see one another, we have to see them through, through Christ. And, and I think that when we start evaluating how we witness and how we reach out and what we're doing and how we're ministering to people, one another, it has to be through the thing that unites us, not what all divides us. And there's a lot that we are divided from today. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, I think that Paul here, he, um, in reading this letter, as the church would have been reading this letter, um, there was kind of a, I won't say kind of, there was a humbling starting in chapter mm-hmm. two for the Jews. Mm-hmm. That you were dead in your trespasses, right. that you were like the Gentiles, that you were like the uncircumcised. Mm-hmm. There's a humbling there, but then there's also a raising up of the Gentiles. The Gentiles. And so to say, hey, listen, Christ is for you. Mm-hmm. And what binds you both is, and what, what brings one up and the other down mm-hmm. is is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so... For us today, what does that mean, and why is that so important to unify us as a church? I think for for the believer, the church member, to be humbled and to think, mm-hmm. the reason I belong to this body of believers, even the local body of believers here at Cud Memorial, the reason mm-hmm. I belong to that church is because, and the reason I can fit in, mm-hmm. the only reason is because of the work um, and the life, work, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, summed up here in verse 13. Sure. And so when you come to that, that's a very humbling thing. Mm-hmm. But also it's a very unifying thing to know not only am I the one humbled, everybody else there 
that's why we are unified. I, I remember, and you think about areas in your life or clubs that you're a part of that, that, that y'all come together for a unifying purpose. And I'll give you an example. Um, went to a middle school basketball game Saturday, uh, and the crowd was split. It wasn't quite 50-50. It was probably 70-30. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but what, what brought what, where we even chose to sit at that game was based on the unifying factor of what team we were pulling for, mm-hmm. right? And, but after the game, uh, you were there too. Yep. Um, there were church members who didn't weren't unified in what team we were cheering for, mm-hmm. and they were cheering for the other. Uh, but after the game, uh, one team won, one team lost. Mm-hmm. We all met on midcourt, and we were all, "Hey, how you yeah. doing?" Shaking hands, loving, because we saw, we we knew there was something bigger that unified us than that ball game. Than that game. At that moment, we were both cheering for someone different, but we weren't even cheering against the other team. Yeah. Um, but but there was something bigger that brought us to unity um and you may say well yeah it was you know you were members at cud you knew each other but honestly there should even be something bigger than being members at cud that unify us and that is jesus Christ. christ and what that does when you can come to that place and be reminded of that is that when we come to points of disagreement or we come to situations in which um there are differing opinions for us to remember that we are unified in christ Mm -hmm. And honestly, that can shape your argument. Uh, it, let's say whatever you're disagreeing on, church pews, church, right. the color of the walls. If you can right. say, hey, we're unified in Christ, this should change my opinion. Mm-hmm. And what it will also do, the most of the reasons we stay in arguments is because of pride. And we say, nope, I can't let them be right. Or exactly. I can't give in. Right. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You, you, to, to even come to me, you have to you be have humbled. To, right. Right. Yeah. And so, so to, to have that mindset of, hey, Christ Jesus unifies us. And not just colors of the carpet. It can come up to big things. Who are we going to hire as a pastor and a leader? Sure. It's, hey, listen, we, we need to all be unified in this, that, that we believe these certain things about Jesus. And that's what unifies us as a body. And that's of most importance. It's not age. I'm going to go to this church because everybody here is the same age, and age unifies us. Or I'm not going to go to this church because everybody here kind of drives the same vehicle and lives in the same type house Mm -hmm. and and money and economics. Like, that's why I'm going to go here because that's going to be the unifying factor. Because then when it comes to arguments, y'all will view things way different. And that won't be very good. Well, how many many of us believers, like what we're talking about, pick and choose based on things that are most like us? When the true thought is what it's not, what's most like me, but what's most like Christ. Yeah. And I mean, we all, you know, we, we, we talk about you pick a Sunday school class because they're like me, mm-hmm. they get me, they understand me, or or you know, or you say or programs because they meet a need or this. It it is it is the driving force is is changing that mindset of what is more like and most like Christ rather than more like me. Well, and Paul and, in this beautiful letter, he um. He sets it up there, I think, to get the church there in Ephesus in this mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to, as a church, get in this mindset because what's coming in chapter 4 is not only do you have to be in this mindset, it's needed. Diversity is needed in the church. Yes. Uh, and there there needs to be unity in diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's setting us up here for what he is about to come. Um, and so uh, looking forward to, to, to what is to come and how Paul is going to build kind of on these blocks of, hey, you need to be unified in Christ, 
Because in just a minute, I'm going to tell you, you need to be very different in other areas. In other areas. And so you may look around and say, hey, we're all different. What in the world are we even doing here? Why, why does Jesus call us to be different? Well, he calls us to have the main thing. Uh, and he even mentions, I think, in verse 20, that Jesus is the cornerstone. Yes. We have to build upon that. We have to build upon this common ground uh, that um, all of chapter 2 tells us in, in, in verses uh 4 through 10, that, that, that because of the work of Jesus Christ and the death and resurrection of him, we can have unity so that we can be different later yes. on in chapter 4. Yes. Um, good stuff this week. Really, really good stuff. I said we could keep going on. Uh, I know we're pushing 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm going to ask one question. We can sure. ask, or one more, uh, and we can go into this deeply or not. Um, let me, uh, let me actually, I had a deeper one. I'll put it off to the side <laughs> so we don't have to take eight minutes. Let me ask you yeah, this, yeah. man. Sure. Um, in verse, let me see here. Where is it? Uh, when it talks about Christ being our Peace. 14. Um, is it in 14? Yeah, 14. Yeah, yeah. For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. So right there he says, listen, Christ Jesus makes you one. He is our peace. What I love right. about this, then we read verse 15. He made no effect, uh, uh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and express and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself uh, one new man from the two resulting in peace. So what I love about this and what I want to ask you just mm-hmm. in five minutes, yes. and we didn't talk about this previously to show, but I think yep. it'll be good. Yep. It says Jesus is our peace. Is our peace. And then he took two groups and made them one and they were peaceful. Peaceful. Explain the importance of how Jesus has to first <laughs> be our peace right. before we can bring peace to each other. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, the thing about this, this is, this blows our minds a lot because this is totally an illogical thing. Um, because these two groups are at such odds that within themselves they don't have the ability to make have a peaceful relationship with one another because they are so. So Christ as our peace, not just that he gives it, brings it, but we find in him as our peace the nature and the ability to be unified in the midst of this diversity you're going to talk about later in chapter 4. And, and to know that he as our peace, it's not just the feeling that we have of being at peace, but it, it is the mode of which we operate from. It is life with God. It is, it is our salvation, the peace that he is in our life that, that, that covers our sin, covers their sin. Um, the fact that we are able to be at peace in the midst of a lot of chaos, a lot of difference uh, in our life. And, and so not that, that simply he is just, giving to us the ability to have peace, but that he is the only thing that brings peace in, in, in our nature, in our being, in the way we live and we minister and we, and we live out this following of Jesus comes from the fact that he is the one who brings all of that together to a state of peace within us. Yeah. And I think, um, maybe today for you, you, you haven't been at peace in a relationship lately. Um, Maybe for you today, you've been, there's some been some quarreling or some division uh, between you and another believer. Um, and I want you to start today uh, by finding peace in Jesus because you are not going to be able to come to peace in that relationship. There's not going to be peace in that relationship until you 
uh, allow Jesus, as it says in verse 14, to be your peace. So if you're listening today, I want you to think about, am I, am I in division with someone? And if you are, come to peace in Christ first. Ask Christ to be your peace. Say, God, I need Jesus to be my peace. When I look around and the world's falling apart and this relationship is, is, is what seems to be dying, Jesus, I need you to be my peace so that we can restore peace together. Because Jesus, once again, is the only common bond sometimes that you can find in, with other believers. And so today I encourage you, uh, pray for Jesus to be your peace uh, and so that you can bring peace uh, to some broken relationships that you have. Thanks for joining us today uh, on the Cud Talk podcast. Looking forward to next week as we jump in to chapter three. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying this. You can, once again, you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube as well as Facebook. 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 So, see you guys next week. Thanks.